Hey there, this is the Business Talk with Luke Guy and Team show. I'm your host, Jaron Jackson, and I wanted to welcome you all out here today because we have a very special guest by the name of Paul Wright. Paul Wright is a business trainer and certified coach to mission-driven leaders. His strengths reside in helping entrepreneurs to launch and grow businesses, and his passion is to help release others' full potential for the common good. So let's get down to business. Paul, my man, good to have you on the show. Thank you, Jaron. So good to be on the show with you. Thanks for having me on. Love it. Awesome. So Paul, why don't you tell us more about the story of how and why you started your company? Well, as you can hear, I've got a Southern accent. So uh, I, you know, I was raised in the South with uh, in a family of entrepreneurs and I just, you know, I realized how important that is uh, now that I help business owners that not everybody has an example or a mentor. So I guess what I'm trying to say is it all started when I was, you know, pretty young. Uh, my dad was an insurance broker and he made, he asked me to um, be a part of his brokerage firm and I was, I was, I basically, he made me get on and do cold calls. Uh, and so I was learned at a very young age how to interact with the public. And that was my exposure. But of course, I went to, to college, got a you know, business degree, um, spent the first seven years of my life in marketing and sales and telecommunications, manufacturing, financial services. But I, I came up unfulfilled. There was a time uh, that I just realized I, I wasn't really fulfilling my purpose. I thought there might be a little bit more for me. I started to volunteer uh, with my church to serve low-income communities um, that were in crisis. And I, I you know, looked around and, and kind of had my own crisis, realizing you know, I can help these people uh, eternally, but boy, what about here and now? <laughs> and, and I realized that I might be able to, I needed to do something that, that could help people that were you know, helping themselves out of poverty. And that's when I found out about uh, community economic development. I uh, went down into Mississippi and sat with uh, civil rights leader, John Perkins, and, and learned that I could apply my business skills to this field of community economic development. So I basically left a, a pretty well-paying job and went back and got an MBA uh, and learned how to immerse myself in, in other cultures and uh, apply like entrepreneurship and helping people uh, create businesses. I even went to India and uh, worked in microcredit there and, and did an internship over there one summer and um, got a great story. I'd love to share, you know, if we got time for that about a, awakening uh, that I had when I was there in India. But since then, I've had a 20-year career in different community economic development um, roles, everything from grant officer uh, to, uh, you know, in urban and rural markets. And um, basically, I got burned out and, and got to the top of my career ladder, if you will. I lost touch of the reason why I was doing the work, uh, why I got into it back then, you know, 20 years earlier. And I realized that I, I really wanted to, to help more entrepreneurs and so my wife and I started our own business three years ago that we're passionate about serving those that are what I call mission-driven leaders and helping them uh, be able to create successful enterprises that for the common good. So that's a little bit of the, the how and why of, of how I got into this work. Powerful stuff, man. One thing that really stands out about you to me and other people like you is you focus on impact over income. And that's super powerful. And I, I bet it doesn't really matter, but I would wager to guess 
that as a result, your income has risen because you're focused more on serving others. And it's just a virtuous cycle. I love that. Yeah, Jaron, I, I, thanks for appreciating that because it is true and there has been cost involved. I've taken pretty significant um, pay cuts going from the comfy job to starting something I've, in my career. I have stepped out of the, the pay, paid roles uh, and my first uh, entree into my business uh, myself was a failure. Uh, it took about two years to figure out it wasn't going to work. Um, but it really became a crisis for me as well. My identity was way too wrapped up in being an entrepreneur and, um, and I had to go back to work. You know, that was the time that I had the third kid on the way and now we have four. Uh, so, you know, there is, there are real needs in our life. We, we do have to be responsible, take care of our families, uh, pay our taxes, do all those things. Uh, but following my heart, uh, is exactly what you're picking up on. I think I realized that I, that I really could follow my passions, what I was passionate about. But I really also realized I needed to build up some skill sets along the way that were marketable. And if I were to just keep digging deeper and finding out where could I apply these skills in areas or industries where I felt like that there was purpose and impact. And that's how I found myself in the community economic development. I mean, I worked for, you know, very large organizations that paid very well but they were very mission aligned with my values. Powerful. I love this. So you mentioned that you serve mission-driven leaders. Why does that group of people specifically matter to you? Well, it, it matters to me um, in, in, in different ways. And so the mission-driven leaders that often I'm most attracted to or have worked with are those that are trying to serve communities that are marginalized or underrepresented or, or underinvested in. Um, you know, I've mentioned I've lived in urban and, and rural areas, and both of those areas, um, you know, have, have got people that really don't have the, the access to resources, access to capital, um, access to, um, you know, the resources that are going to help them succeed. And so with that, uh, I've realized that there are leaders that are already there that are having impact. And, um, you know, your listeners might hear the Southern accent, but you might not realize, you know, I'm a white guy, right? Uh, and I probably sound like a white guy, but um, I realized that I've, I've got privilege. And um, I grew up in Alabama and didn't, didn't quite understand, but as I reflected and became more aware of my privilege, um, I realized that there was the, that there was a responsibility. I could use the 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 gifts, the talents, the the skill sets that I'd uh, acquired um, to help others and to help others help themselves, which is which is different than just giving charity, but helping people create value to help people have their own voice and have a, have have the economic where for where for all in their own communities uh, to own the the, the stores, own the housing, to own their own, uh, you know, land and, 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 and assets to create value and to contribute to their own community. So coming alongside those type of leaders that have a mission and a vision to affect change uh, is what I get passionate about. And I've just figured out how to kind of channel some of the experiences and skills, whether it be in uh, uh, financing and getting access to capital, or whether it be in the area of organizational management and development and how to build a team, 
um, those, those, that's why I'm passionate is helping those leaders be able to create impact in their own communities. That is so powerful. I love that. I mean, in a lot of places that are say underdeveloped, um, through no fault of their own, it's not even like job getting jobs is the issue. It's that there are no jobs in some cases. And so like, for instance, you with your abilities could teach someone, I know this isn't what you do, but you could teach someone say in a remote village in South America, yeah. you could teach them how to finance and get the resources to start a chicken business, which is a pretty simple business, but everyone, well, most everyone could use chickens in some way, shape or form. And then yes. they don't need to rely on someone else to get that job. So that's so powerful. It, it really is, Jaren. And, and if it's okay, I would like to tell a story that does kind of place me in that more underdeveloped context. It's when I was in grad school and was over in South India, there's a community called the Kolar Gold Fields. And um, they were gold fields that were mined by the British for many, many years in South India. And by the time I showed up on the scene with my team, I was visiting and touring a textiles uh, operation. It was a cooperative where women uh, were there sewing and, and producing uh, quality textiles. And during their lunch break, I had an opportunity to sit with them with an interpreter and hear their stories. And um, just sitting on the floor, crossing my legs, you know, eating some, uh, breaking bread with them and hearing through the interpreter their stories of how their community had experienced social unrest um, at the family level, especially that when the British pulled out in the, the late four, uh, you know, in the, in the late 1940s out of that community, they had mined out most of the gold and extracted most of the wealth from under the ground. But they also left an, a trail of, um, you know, unintended consequences of what happened to the family unit. So I heard all these stories of how the men, of course, left to find jobs and went into the urban areas. Uh, and, and of course, a lot of them did not come back. Some of them did come back with, with a lot of, you know, bad habits and vices and, and abuse. Uh, and so these women are, were, were having to fend for themselves and they banded together and of course formed this cooperative where they could sew and they could produce textiles and sell it out on the market. And what had happened to me in my first job, Jaron, I sold gold and silver. And it occurred to me all at one moment that I actually had participated in a larger system of injustice and the very gold and silver that I might've sold could have been smelted down and made into a new coin because there's only a finite number of gold pieces, you know, gold out there. And this, these were the people that were mining the gold that I was selling and making money off of. And what, you know, what I did, Jaron, is I, with tears in my eyes, I apologized on behalf of Westerners ha having really been part of an extractive system. And, and that was something that really changed me and, and showed me that really, you know, I, I really, while I might be a part of that or my legacy or my ancestry was a part of that, that I could now be part of the good and I could be part of helping people help themselves and create economic opportunity in places like Kolar Goldfields. That is very powerful. Thank you for sharing that. Wow. 
Like, yeah, it, it a, was good. Go ahead. It's all good. I'm just like, we need to move from having the mindset of what can I extract and instead focus on what can I give? How can I empower these people? And that really stands out to me about that story. Yeah. And, and, you know, today I'm working in rural Appalachia, um, working on a project now that is helping people that are coming out of addiction, find dignity and work. And as you mentioned, there oftentimes are not jobs. And so the work that I do now is I'm a trainer. I'm a course, uh, course creator, trainer, and coach. And I've partnered with some local agencies in South West Virginia to work with Main Street entrepreneurs who already have existing businesses or are starting is existing businesses, help them grow their business by either exporting or, you know, just creating more um, opportunity uh, through sales and, you know, and, and getting, you know, reaching new markets, but more importantly, helping them hire those, those are in recovery, those that are coming out of programs. And we are, we are networking and working within an ecosystem there and that community to create a pipeline of new laborers that are being transformed, not only in their own personal journey out of addiction and, and, but they're transforming into a job where they can take care of themselves. And it creates a win for the the person that's going through that journey, it creates a win for the entrepreneur who, and the business owner um, that, is, that is growing their business. And it creates a win for the whole community that's gonna, that's thriving. Uh, so that's a program called Communities of Healing. Um, and you know, it, it, there's, it's on my website, I'll share it with you later, but I'm real proud to be a part of that. And, and most importantly, I'll, just as another example, I'm just proud that I was able uh, to coach, uh, you know, the leader that really helped start this. And our relationship started three or four years ago uh, when I first, you know, started, you know, advising this person. And after a while, they said, hey, join me in trying to help this community. So I'm really honored and humbled that I was able to move from being a supporter of the person who's affecting change in their community to actually being a partner and I mean, it's just amazing that I can, I can do that. And, and I'm so appreciative of it. That is a really cool story. I love that. So Paul, you've been through a lot of things, especially in your field. I imagine there are setbacks. What has been the biggest motivation for you when things get tough in your company? Cause it's not always a straight line up. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's definitely some, uh, some challenges. Um, when I, I mentioned earlier that my first time starting a business that it failed. Um, and it's, it's, you know, not everybody can talk about their failures. And unfortunately, you know, my identity was, as I mentioned, was pretty wrapped up in being an entrepreneur and showing up in that way. Uh, and so I had to uh, really get my head straight on, you know, what, who I really am, what's important to me and my values you know, and, and not, um, and, and really being authentic, you know, uh, realizing that it's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay to share that I, I make mistakes. I'm not perfect. Uh, it's okay to reach out and network with other entrepreneurs and people that can be, um, tell you the truth, uh, can be a reality check for you. Um, and it's okay to, you know, just, just go through a season. Uh, a lot of us have gone through this hard season with COVID and, 
and you know I'm having to to do some of that reflection again. Um, so I'd just say you know reaching out. Um, of course, in my case, my faith is very important to me, and it's been um, even more so during the times of COVID. But more importantly, reaching out to others and staying connected, like this podcast and being connected to others online, has been really great. So. Yeah, I think I think just kind of having this self-reflection and, of course, being a coach, uh, I actually have a coach. Um, the best coaches are going to always have a coach and they're going to be taking their own medicine. So um, that's something that's also helped me find my way back on path or uh, be able to take a, a failure or something that's a weakness and, you know, turn it around or accept it in a way that I can move forward. So, yeah, thanks for asking that. Those are some very powerful lessons. I hope everyone's taken notes. I know I am. I mean, it's true. We are always going to be stronger when we work as a group, whether that's with your faith or with business partners. It's just, there's really no need to go it alone. And your biggest enemy is always going to be yourself. So just ask for help and you'll move so much faster. Yes. 100%. So Paul, let's shake it up a little. What sure. is the secret to hitting goals in your life? Um, the secret is, is I would say consistency. Um, you know, I'm actually a long distance uh, hiker. Uh, I hi I've hiked the Sheltoe Trace, uh, which is Kentucky's longest trail. Uh, I've been a little bit on the Appalachia Trail, but, but I, I'm working up to that. And one of the things I learned about hiking, um, a few key things is number one, it is a long haul. And so knowing how to pace yourself and have a certain level of consistency and pace uh, is really wise. Another important thing is that I always seem to get lost um, when I had stopped somewhere uh, and I just assumed that I knew, like as soon as I started moving forward again, I assumed I was going the right direction. So it was always like the first few steps that I would get wrong. And I would then, you know, 30 minutes later, I would like, I don't think this is right. And I'd have to go back to where I started. And then, you know, so sometimes having, um, having the right resources around you for those first few steps in something, whether it be a new, new enterprise that you're, you're undertaking, whether it be a new time or transition in life, and you're just having to play a different role or you're in a different season, um, having, having someone, having another resource that can help, help you in those first few steps. So yeah, that, those are some of the things that, that have worked for me. Powerful stuff. I love it. So that was ninja level stuff. I just got to say straight <laughs> up. Speaking of ninjas, what is one black belt level tip you would give yourself if you were starting your company over tomorrow? If I was starting over tomorrow, um, gosh, you know, I think, I think it, I think it would be about being really clear about how to apply, how to match my skills, experience and passion uh, and how to better match it with the type of market and, and really market product fit um, in this work in this social impact work. Um, there's it's, it's a little bit backwards from the traditional entrepreneur entrepreneurs traditionally when they do their lean startups. Um, they're really trying to get that 
product market fit. It's critical in a lean startup uh, that you find and test that out. And, and that's right on. That, that, that does not change. But in a, anybody who's doing purpose-driven work or mission-driven work, um, which I consider that I'm doing, they need, to be, they need to be focused on the impact as well and have kind of a vision towards um, not only the people that they want to serve, but the type of, of impact that those people are calling out for. Um, what is the change that they want to experience and they want to um, see come about in their own communities? And um, so whatever that impact is uh, for, for a mission-driven leader, they need to align that with their market and product. And so I think that it's a, it, it takes a while. And if I'd gone back and thought a little bit harder about it, um, I, I think I might've ended up with, with a better alignment early on. Uh, if I'd done that, like, what was it, 15 years ago with the first enterprise, um, I might have done things a lot differently. That's a powerful answer. It reminds me of the, this beautiful concept of Ikigai, where it's a Japanese concept where it, you combine what the world will pay you for with what you love, who you can serve, and your skill set. Ah. And once you have that mix... You just become unstoppable. I love Ooh, it. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to get get that resource from you, Icky guy. I love it. <laughs> awesome. So, Paul, my man, thank you for coming on the show. How can our guests find you if they want to learn more about you? Thank you, Jaron. I, I appreciate it. Listen, if you would like to learn more, um, I do have blog posts. I also have a newsletter. Uh, I won't spam you. Uh, if you want to go to wbscourses.com. Uh, there's also two, currently there's two free downloads there. Um, there's a 10 steps to the perfect pitch. So if you're trying to raise capital out there, I've got a, a guidebook for you to help you put together your slide decks, especially if it's impact capital that you're trying to raise. Uh, and there's, there's some other free quizzes and downloads. So if you just go to wvscourses.com, sign up for the free newsletter, download any of the free stuff there and be glad to follow up with you. Love it. And as always, that'll be in the show notes below. Hey, everybody, this has been Jaron today. If you're wanting more leads or more appointments, we know the ultimate ways to gain credibility. And that's with the power of PR and social proof. If that's interesting to you, be sure to hit up the loopguy.com. Paul, my man, any other pearls of wisdom you would like to share with our audience? You know, I would, I would just, I guess you really kind of drew it out of me, Jaron, is just following your heart and trying to pay attention to the skills and the passion and where you might be able to monetize that, um, pull that together, take some time to think about it. And I just want to encourage people to step out, step out for, step out for yourself and for the common good. Let's go. I love it. This has been the business talk with Luke Guy and team show. And I'll talk to y'all next time.